Hello everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome if you're new to Emblem Podcast. My name is Abby Aslin and I'm the host of this podcast and I want to start off this episode by saying a humongous thank you. Spotify Wrapped came out this week, which is like my favorite day of the year. Not really, but it's up there and I love Spotify Wrapped to like see my own music and it's just so funny because some things just like never change but then other things like change a lot and I can like always see what I'm going through through looking at my like top songs every year another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I also get a Spotify wrapped for my podcast, which I guess it only is showing me the data from Spotify. Like that's what makes sense to me. Like I guess it's not... Anybody who listens on Apple Podcasts, like, I'm not getting that data, I guess. So it's, like, I'm so, like, grateful and thankful for, like, the numbers and the data. But then when I remember that that's, like, not all of the data, I'm like, wait, what? What is it actually, you know? But anyways, I got the wrapped for the podcast, and it just always makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside and thankful that so many of you choose to spend an hour a week-ish of your life just listening to me talk I truly don't know how to describe the way it makes me feel because I'm not gonna lie I'm like pretty lonely like I'm not lonely because I have amazing friends and amazing family and amazing fiance and they are all people who don't make me feel lonely when I get to see them but I live a very lonely lifestyle if that makes sense I work from home. I'm by myself all day in front of a computer. On the weekends, I choose to work on things like this podcast and edit videos. So I sacrifice a lot of social time. And I don't really have a ton of friends here in Houston. I My like one closest friend that lives here, we used to be like neighbors and now we're not anymore. So I don't see her near as much anymore. And it literally like every single week I get depressed when I think about it. Um, and yeah, I just, I live a very lonely lifestyle. So when I look at these numbers and this data and I just realized like that so many of you choose willingly to like listen to me talk it makes me feel like I am not lonely anymore and like I have like a family you know like you guys and so many of y'all have been here for like before the since before the podcast even became a thing you've been here since the beginning YouTube days and I can't tell you how much that means to me and I can't tell you how much it means to me even if you just started listening Um, Just the fact that you choose to listen is amazing and I couldn't be more grateful for the support from all of you and just the fact that you choose to come back and listen every week or almost every week or however often you listen means the world to me and sometimes I get really like down with the podcast because I just like it's one of those things like since it's not a video and it's literally just like an audio and you don't really get much feedback it's one of those things that's really easy to convince yourself this doesn't matter and I'm not really helping anyone and I can like really get in slumps with that and I happen to get that way like a few times a year with YouTube and a few times a year with the podcast but those of you who like take the time out of your day to like share the podcast on your Instagram stories or just message me on my Instagram or on the podcast Instagram and you know say something 
about the podcast, even if you're just like, love this week's episode. Like those types of things just really make me feel so warm inside because I'm like, this is why I do this because I am, you know, adding some sort of value, even if that value is just someone feeling a little bit more inspired or happy um, from listening. And yeah, I'm so thankful for all of y'all, all of you listening in so many different countries, which is incredible to even realize that, you know, people everywhere are listening globally and um, that I am the top podcast for a lot of you and things like that. It's just truly incredible. And I love seeing it every year. And I'm so glad that they do it for like artists and um, podcasters too. So enough of the schmushy stuff. <laughs> Let's get into um, the quote goal and gratitude this week. Also, I'm going to be doing a Q&A this week. I know in my last Q&A, which was literally not that long ago, it was back in September, I think, um, when I got engaged, which I don't, the reason why I'm doing this one a lot earlier, because I had said in that last episode, I'm going to do a Q&A quarterly. Um, the reason why I'm doing this one a little bit earlier is because I, Q&A episodes usually, they don't take as long because I don't have to like plan them out per se, but they definitely take longer to record because I like have to like pick the questions and then like I like to read them beforehand and sort of just like take a mental note of things that I want to say. Um, but usually the actual recording process takes longer for a Q&A. Um, cause I normally do like to try and like cut stuff out if I end up rambling too long or add stuff in when I like go back and listen to it or something. But I wanted to do a Q&A because the last one was so mainly focused on my engagement, like proposal story. So because of that, I wanted to do like a true Q&A that was like actually answering y'all's questions and giving y'all advice since the last one wasn't really that. Um, and then I'll do another one probably in like February or so. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the quote goal and gratitude for this week. My quote this week is from Pinterest and it says, don't lose this moment searching for another. And I just really like this. It was simple to the point. And I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you're probably like, you are terrible at being present, Abby Aslan. And I'm like, you know what? I hear you. And I always like see quotes and see TikToks about like being present and not being like, an anxious thinker and not dwelling on the past and all this stuff. And I'm like, so true, spitting facts, like you've got it. Um, and then like, I just can't do it. I can't live in the present moment. Like, okay, nope, I'm going to correct myself. I can live in the present moment. I feel like I can't live in the present moment. <laughs> Lessons learned in therapy. Um, I really struggle with it. And it's just because of anticipation and fear and a lot of it's like future oriented and the reason why I chose this quote for this week is because this when this episode goes up this is my last month of like having a normal life before busy season starts again and I just I I really don't even like saying that out loud like it makes me feel a little nauseous but I am really dreading that and I feel like I have been taking away so much joy from my day-to-day when I remind myself ugh there's only like one more month of this or oh my gosh only like three or four more weekends of you know normalcy before it's busy season again and granted I don't as of right now I feel like this busy season's not gonna be as bad as my last spring busy season just because I'm gonna know how to do a lot more so I feel like I'm gonna be a lot more efficient but I feel like that just means more work so I don't really know and I'm not on some of the same teams, which is really good. And but at the same time, I've picked up other stuff. So I don't know. But I feel like I've just been ruining a lot of my present day happiness, dwelling on the fact that it's arriving. And I would rather just, you know, enjoy the moment and like 
soak up this more amount of free time and more of a normal life that I have now rather than like ruining this time that I could be spending doing things that I love and having happy thoughts and everything I could be doing all that but I'm too busy like stressing about oh my gosh I only have one month left like okay instead of thinking like that think like I'm so grateful to have like one more month of a normal life before things get busier and when I switch to that mindset I feel a little bit better about it but I feel like when I'm just dwelling on only this much left it really makes me start getting anxious and then I can't like be present in the moment anymore so that is the quote for the week and my goal this week is to do something different and new and the reason I say this is because the weekend after this episode goes up is my literally my last weekend in Houston before busy season because wait no that's not true I'll have one more but I'm gonna have family here so it's not gonna really like feel like a normal weekend so it's like my last normal weekend before busy season and here I am anticipating the arrival of busy season and literally going against exactly what my quote just said because I'm thinking so far ahead that I'm like that this is my last normal weekend so I've got to do something with it but I really want to just have like a wholesome weekend because I am the Monday that this um, episode is going up, I'm coming back in town from a girl's trip in Charleston with some friends from home. And um, the weekend after this episode goes up, I will be in Houston, but I really want to like try out like a new breakfast or coffee shop place or maybe try dinner somewhere. But I honestly, stuff's just so expensive. I really don't want to go out to dinner now that I think about it, especially after going to Charleston, I'm probably not going to want to really spend any money out doing things. So I want to like just do something new, like maybe just go walk in a park I haven't walked in before or go try a new coffee shop, maybe something that's like a little bit less expensive or whatever. And honestly, just have like a really relaxing, chill weekend. And like, I'm going to try not to work at all that weekend in terms of like YouTube and podcasting if I can. So I can really just like soak up having like a normal weekend. Um, So that's my goal. And I really, really want to stick to that because I even like when it's not busy season, I'm always like editing on the weekends or recording the podcast or traveling somewhere or like whatever. And it's all great things. And I'm so grateful for all of that. But sometimes I'm literally just like, I literally just want to have a normal weekend where I can, you know, sit on the couch, be lazy, watch some, watch a movie, watch some TV, go to a coffee shop, like maybe go out and get drinks with friends. Like, cause it's just stuff I don't do that often. So it's like, I just want to do that, you know, for a weekend. So that's my goal. And my gratitude, I'm really grateful to, I'm actually recording this right before I leave for this trip, but I'm really grateful to be going on this trip because these are like friends from home and it's like, I'm really only like super close with like one or two people in the group, but the rest of the group, it's like, I see them like once a year, usually like around the holidays when I go home and like they do these trips like every year and I haven't been able to go on any of them. And I think this is probably like the fourth one. Um, and I'm finally able to go on one. So I'm like thankful for that and just thankful that I'll be getting to see a new place. Cause I know in previous podcast episodes, I've talked about how this year I have traveled a lot, but I've just gone home a lot and then I've gone places I've already been. So I'm really happy and thankful to be going somewhere new for the first time. Um, not the first time this year, but for what feels like the first time this year. Um, but going and exploring a new city, basically. I'm really excited to see Charleston and another beach town, but, um, I am really grateful for this opportunity that I'm able to go. So really looking forward to that. And then I'm also just really thankful because I finally, um, got my hair cut and got my hair done. 
I have to just be grateful for this one right now. I'm just so thankful to be able to do something like getting my hair cut because I remember the last time I got my hair done was in May. So it hasn't been trimmed or touched at all since then, which is a long time. And I would like to get it done more often, but I just don't. And um, I'm just really thankful because it literally makes me feel like a new person. I feel like I'm cutting like just thing. I feel like I'm cutting things out of my life when I'm cutting my hair, if that makes sense. Like when, you know, that feeling when you get your hair cut and you like literally feel like your head's lighter. I like to visualize that as like, I just cut off busy season. Like that's, I remember when I got my hair cut in May, I was like, I'm doing a busy season haircut. Like I'm cutting off all the hell that just happened. And I like to visualize like getting rid of that and putting it in the past and not revisiting it. So this is my haircut for this past busy season. Um, and it just, it's so nice. So I'm really grateful for that too, but let's go ahead and get into the Q and a now that we've had a long intro, but so the very first question I want to answer is favorite and least favorite things about home ownership. So this is a great question. And I actually got quite a few questions regarding like buying a home and owning a home. Favorite thing about owning a home. I got several of those. So I definitely wanted to answer this one. Um, but if y'all want me to do a full episode on like buying a home for the first time would totally love to do that i just need some time to like sit down and plan it because honestly that was a process that happened so quickly and i probably did so many things wrong but i tried to do as much as i could the right way and i feel like it just happened so fast and we didn't really like have any like help if that makes sense like we didn't have like people saying like do this or don't do this and like stuff like that. Like we just kind of like went with it. We just went with it and we found somewhere we liked and we're like, I guess this is when we put an offer in question mark. Like, is that what we're supposed to do um, type of thing? So yeah, but I, my favorite thing is the feeling of like knowing that this is like ours and we can do what we want with it is like so cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, for example, we haven't done anything, like, crazy outside of painting to our place. Like, we've literally only painted inside, like, um, the upstairs rooms. So that's all we've done, like, cosmetically. But I did buy some new light fixtures for, like, our entryway because there's two. Um, they're, like, the – okay, this is a Vine reference. This is very niche. But I don't know if any of you remember the Vine where that guy was, like, singing and he was, like – I just want to know, do you have a ceiling titty to a ceiling titty or something? I don't know. It was something like that. Let me like look that up and make sure it's real. I remember like laying on the floor, like cracking up about it with one of my friends when we were like 14. Um, and basically what he was saying is, um, oh wait, I found it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it for you guys. <laughs> I'm a horrible singer too. I just want to know you got a ceiling Okay, so that was the vine, and he's like pointing at his uh, ceiling light, and it's basically like the traditional ceiling lights you probably typically think of that are just like round, and they have like the little, um, I guess, nipple, you could say, on the bottom 
of it and we have like those style lights in the front and i don't i actually like don't mind those lights like they're very normal and they're like the lights i grew up with i feel like but the reason why we don't like them is because ours are like a yellow um bowl that the light is in so it's like extremely dark yellow lighting and it's actually like really dark when the lights are on and we have one in the entryway when you walk in and then one in the hallway between like it's really not even a hallway but it's just like a little blip of a space between our under the stair closet and our um half bath downstairs so i found some new light fixtures like off of amazon on sale on black friday and we really haven't been like buying anything for the house just because everything's so expensive right now because we both have like trips going on and um we obviously are like trying to put a deposit down on a venue soon and then i know i'm probably gonna be getting a wedding dress soon so i'm just like really overwhelmed so i'm really like not trying to spend a lot of money but i could justify spending this just because it was like 75 dollars total for the two fixtures because they were both 50 percent off and they were the same ones but um doing stuff like that is what i'm getting at like being able to like change out the lights if we want to i love that um and just like the feeling of knowing it's yours and like the feeling of knowing that i don't have to move again until i want to is the best and it just feels good to know that like we have got our first place because i am definitely someone that wants to um use real estate as a you know means of just one because i really love real estate like i've always loved touring homes and like looking at homes i since i was like a teenager i have like looked at homes on trulia zillow and all those places for fun just because i love looking at them in my free time and i look at homes back home all the time in florida i look at homes here in texas even though we have a place like i just love doing it as a pastime and having like homes and being able to like rent them out to like long-term tenants and stuff like one day would be like so ideal um so i don't know i feel like this is just like the the first step of that is obviously like having your own home but we'll definitely be here i would say for like five years unless something like crazy happens but um I definitely see us here for a little while and I just love the feeling of like knowing that this is ours um and we can do what we want with it and like no lease is going to like be like you have to leave right now or anything like that like it's a good feeling I guess um anyways least favorite thing is definitely the maintenance oh my gosh I will say there have been a few times where I've been like man I wish I lived in a flipping apartment right now and could just submit a maintenance request because we have had we had issues with our washer dryer installation and when we were in the apartment we had an issue with our washer and dryer and literally all we had to do was just like submit the maintenance request and they came and fixed it for us whereas i have been going back and forth with samsung for like a month trying to get my flipping order canceled so that they aren't charging me for the washer and dryer that ended up not working or whatever not working out and um they got returned so like that's been really annoying and just the little maintenance things one they're really expensive and two it's just so inconvenient when you're like having to work and schedule people to come and like fix something make sure someone's home and like all that kind of stuff it's really frustrating um and also i just don't like hoa fees because they're expensive and i'm always just like ugh when i think about the fact that we have to pay them but honestly like everywhere we looked had hoas it was just a matter of how much you were going to be paying um and a lot of the condos we looked at were like crazy well not a lot we actually didn't really look at that many condos we only looked at like one but um a lot of the condos we would look at we were like oh this is a great price and then you'd look at the hoa and it was like 
$800 a month. And you're just like, okay, that's literally a bedroom of rent in college. Like, why, why are we doing that for a one bedroom condo, two bedroom condo? Like, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, that's my favorite and least favorite thing. But honestly, I feel like it hasn't really hit me yet that it's like our place. And I feel like we're renting in a way. So maybe one day it'll feel different. But the next question is, what have you enjoyed most now that the holidays are here? I have just loved the overall ambiance and the vibe of just like the air. I don't know. I've, I've like really decorated our space and it feels so cozy and homey. And it was so cute and funny because when I was asking Griffin, my fiance, um i was like well what are you thinking like for decor for like christmas like do you think we like need more like do you think we're good because i was like kind of like going around to like consignment stores and finding decor and um i got a few things from like the target dollar section i was just telling him that i was thinking about going and checking out a few more places and he was like just do do whatever you got to do to make this feel like a you know like christmas like wonderland cozy home and i was like heard so I have I mean I haven't gone crazy at all by any means but I just feel like the way I have things decorated it's just so freaking cozy and I love at night at the end of the day like after I've like cleaned up the kitchen from dinner and I've like gotten in my pajamas and done my skincare and gotten ready for bed nothing makes me happier than like sitting on the couch and if I have work to do like turning on a Christmas ambiance like video on YouTube and having the Christmas tree lit, lighting my Christmas tree, setting a candle, and all of that stuff is just, like, things that, like, add so much happiness to your life that you can do year-round, like, in different ways, but, like, something about it being Christmas time just makes it feel more special, and, like, I got all my gifts during the Black Friday weekend, um, and I love getting gifts for people. However, like, spending the money is a little hard, especially when you do it all at once, but um, I really just love gift giving and finding things for people that I know they'll love so I like love that and I love just being able to be with like family during the holidays like that's been really nice because I've actually gotten to be with all of Griffin's family I've gotten to be with all of my family already and it's not even Christmas yet so I'm so beyond grateful for that and I've just really enjoyed like that work is slower so I've been able to have like more of like a true like nine to five life and I just really love like Christmas music and all the Christmas coffee and um, I love wearing like just wintry, cozy Christmas stuff, and I'm hoping we get to see some um, Christmassy things while we're in Charleston, and I think we will be able to, so that'll be exciting. But I've enjoyed a lot of things, so that was a very loaded answer. The next question is, any plans to change jobs? I definitely relate to you not loving your job. I kind of touched on this last week in last week's episode, just saying how like I plan on staying here as long as it makes sense for me, and I still stand by that a week later. Um, anything can happen in a week, but yeah, I still stand on that a week later. And I, I guess what I want to say to this is like, if you're someone who just like doesn't really like your job and you feel like you're just kind of like staying at it because you don't know where to go, like from where you're at, I think one big thing to do is to like look at your bosses and ask yourself if you want their job, because that will be very telling of whether you should like keep doing what you're doing and sticking it out because it'll eventually get better or is that going to be like, okay, like I'll stay here as long as it makes sense. But like, unless something changes, like that's not the life I want to live. And knowing that I think is really helpful in actually getting you to like make, take some action and like figuring out where you want to else you want to go or like what you want to do if it's something completely different. So like for me personally, like I, at this point in my life, like I struggle with ever envisioning myself <laughs> 
doing what my bosses do. And I just, that's just, I don't think that's the life I want for myself. And it's okay for me to admit that. And who knows, maybe six months from now, that'll be a different answer. I doubt it. But um, I've kind of known that from the beginning. Like it just seems like way too much responsibility and stress that I think I would just get crumbled under. And, you know, kudos to the people that are able to do this job and really just like stay strong at the end of the day because I just don't think that's me. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. The next question is how has therapy been going for you? It's been going good. Um, I haven't been going as often just because I've been like out of town or I've had like two, I was supposed to go this morning, but it got canceled. Um, and just like random little things like that. And also because of moving and I honestly struggle with therapy still because I find myself like always going back to the same problems and it's usually related to like being in an identity crisis, being unhappy at work and like those kinds of things. But I really struggle like with the deeper stuff. Like when I am like struggling with something and it's like maybe a little bit more deep or it's just like harder to talk about, like I'm just not going to talk about it to my therapist, which is terrible. But like I haven't like gotten to the level of just being able to like because I'm, I'm not because I'm like scared of getting judged, but I think I kind of am. It's more so of just like the people pleasing aspect of me and the like uh, perfectionist to me, I guess. I don't know why I just said ah, uh, sorry. The perfectionist to me, I'm just like unable to just be like let it all out because I feel like I still need to be perceived a certain way even in front of my therapist which is so sad and I feel like each week I get a little bit closer to like doing that but it's just really hard to I don't know like I I feel like I just always am trying to keep like this image and it's like to everyone you know what I mean like it's not just like you guys or just my parents or just my friends or my fiance it's literally to everyone like I feel like there's this image that I have to uphold and I don't know why and it's so exhausting but it's been going really well I mean I'm I have made so much progress I have talked about things that I've literally never talked about with like other people really before um and it got me to a point where I felt comfortable to share them with like my significant other which is like a big deal because that shows like a lot of growth and like trust and just like um, companionship and love. And I have made so much progress in terms of just like realizing who I am and like my values and authenticity and staying true to myself. But my biggest issue has been putting those things into action. So it's like I've learned a lot of things that my biggest struggle is like acting on the things that I've learned and doing something about it. And I think that's normal. I think you can like hear advice and like people tell you things and you learn things all day long but application is always going to be the hardest part because you're really unlearning something that you have known or done or behaved a certain way in your entire life and undoing that isn't going to be an overnight process and I get really impatient with myself over time and I'm like oh my gosh why haven't you been able to make this change yet like why are you still so stuck like you know this about yourself so like why haven't you done anything about it but it's not going to be like you just wake up one day and everything's fixed. Like this has been a lifelong, you know, these are lifelong issues and lifelong things that I've dealt with that I just really struggle with. So of course I'm not just going to wake up one day and it's all going to be better. Like it's going to take so much time like to un, like you have to learn it 
and then you have to undo it and then you got to redo it. So it's like a process and I'm like still in the undoing phase, but I just so badly want to be on the other side of it being redone and being over with. But even then, like everything's still a journey and you're never like fully done, but it's been really good. And I highly encourage everyone. I mean, if you have a means and like the opportunity to go to therapy, like, and you don't think you can benefit from it, I promise you can, because like you, I don't know if you're anything like me, I don't like burdening people with like my problems and I keep everything very bottled up. So like if I'm feeling a certain way, like chances of me, like telling you that I'm struggling with something are very slim. Like I'm just going to hold it in and I'm going to distract myself with doing other things and just suppress it. And having therapy has like really helped me to have somewhere where I can freely just like complain about the same crap like week after week if it is the same crap or you know something different if I need to and not feel bad about it and that's like a big big thing like even if all you need is someone to complain to it can be helpful because then you can start like unpacking some of the reasons as to why maybe you're complaining about that so it can be really helpful but I have been really enjoying it and I plan on continuing to go Um, That's like a really great benefit of my job is I get 25 free sessions a year and I definitely haven't had 25 this year because I was going like every two weeks and I started going in February or March. I can't remember. February or March and went every two weeks, but I've like definitely missed some appointments because of traveling and everything like I said. So um, yeah, that's good. Good perk. The next question is... What do you do to plan your days and weeks? So I actually, this might be surprising to some people, I do not do anything um, to plan. Like I don't have a planner. I do, like if I have a really busy week, I'll just use my notes app and my phone and I'll have like, I'll literally just do a brain dump and I'll just have like everything that I need to get done and put it all in the notes app. And then during the week, I'll just take things off as I finish them. I was a lot more better at planning when I was in college just because there was a lot more going on in terms of like different things whereas now it's just like work my YouTube and content creation stuff and then like my personal life and so now it's almost like and I just don't do have as much content creation stuff since I am like working a full-time job um however I will say if it is a busier week I I do always try to like if I have appointments or if I have plans of any kind, I do always put that on my Google Calendar because I don't want to forget about them because chances are, especially if it's like during busy season, I will forget about it. Um, so I do always like keep stuff in my Google Calendar. I use Notion to like plan out like my um, my like meals for the week. Um, and I'm not the best about doing that consistently, but I usually will have like, okay, three HelloFresh meals and then I'll like go find the two other recipes that I want to make dinner with. Um, and really I'm just like a notes app girl. I keep it very simple. Um, I think if I had a planner, I just wouldn't use it because it's like, I don't need a, um, different like day or different thing every day to look at, which an undated planner, I guess would be good for that. But I do find that during busy season, that's when I'm like definitely planning for the days and weeks a lot more. And like at work, I use like the stickies on my computer. I use OneNote a lot um, to keep track of like what I need to do, what needs to get done. I haven't had to use that a ton right now though because it's been like the flow has been like, okay, like you get one thing to do and you finish it. It gets reviewed, you make changes and then the next thing comes in. It's been like a lot more slow like that instead of like everything all at once and having to keep track of it. So um, I kind of just do things like, on the device that the work is related to, if that makes sense. So if it's related to my full-time job, 
I plan and keep track of things on my work computer. And then if it's related to like YouTube and content creation, it's either on my personal computer or on my phone, like in my notes or on my Notion um, and that kind of thing. And I like keeping it separate like that because then it's like I know that everything related to like my full-time job is in one place and everything related to content creation is in one place, if that makes sense. The next question is really, it's just a statement. It says, I'm wedding planning too, just need help. Totally hear that. Um, I will say like, the only tip I can give so far is to just go ahead and try, like first I would try and think, uh, like brainstorm the date you want, because no matter what venue you go to, the venue is going to ask what day you want, because they're obviously going to check to make sure it's available. So first and foremost, I would solidify a date with your significant other. Then I would like get together a list of venues you want to tour and try and tour them. And I personally toured all of mine like kind of within the same week and it was really like stressful because I toured like six places but it was nice because I was able to kind of like I don't know just it made me be a lot more quick with my decision making like I didn't need a lot of time to sit and think on one place because I could do that all day long about everywhere so it was nice for me to be like okay like this one compared to the one we just saw like five minutes ago it's not feeling the same at all like we went to like one that we absolutely love and then right after that we went to one where we were like wow this is like feels like a completely different thing and we were just kind of like immediately no um just because which it was beautiful and we loved it it just was not gonna work for us and like the size we have um so i definitely think the number and then like figuring out the venues touring the venues um and getting that solidified and then getting um your like head count which you want to have a ballpark head count when you're looking at venues obviously because a lot of venues have um capacity numbers so we kind of had a rough headcount going in and we just said like 200 because my fiance comes from a very large family and when you think of like everyone having plus or not everyone but a lot of people having plus ones that like makes the number go up really quick and we didn't really want to be in a position where we were having to like you know not invite people just because of a capacity limit and we would rather like make cuts elsewhere and be able to invite the people we want to invite so we just kind of set ended up saying 200 so that's what we're going for which that doesn't mean 200 are going to be there that just means that it's probably going to be like 175 ish you never really know who can come and who can't so i think that really once you get like those two things like the date and like the rough estimate of the headcount you can like really start looking at venues and then after that i suggest doing the dress because that's what most people have told me just because it can take a really long time for alterations to come back in and everything and I'm planning on looking at dresses when I go back home um for Christmas and then I'm also going to look here in Houston unless I find something in Florida um so that's my biggest tip I guess for starting out like just get started with doing those things and you'll feel a lot better and then everything else you'll just kind of like do as you go but I think getting those things out of the way is really important and then you know don't be slow to book like your florals and like your um vendors and everything because those obviously buck up really quickly too so you want to be on top of that as well but I think getting those other things out of the way first is like a big big thing so the next question I'm trying not to answer ones that I know I've answered before because I get a lot of the same repeat questions and I asked these questions actually on my personal Instagram just because there's more of a reach there um and I wanted like everyone to be able to like get a chance to see it and then like ask a question if they wanted to so if you ask a question and I'm not answering it, I am sorry. Chances are I've just probably answered it or something very similar either in like a recent episode or it was like 
part of, like that topic was part of a recent episode or I've literally answered the question before in a Q&A. So I am very sorry. I wish I could answer all of them. Um, the next is how do you continue to maintain a healthy lifestyle now as a working gal? So for me, I think that this is something that's so subjective. And I think that a lot of people see people living like certain lifestyles and they think like, that's how I need to live my life. And while that's not necessarily true, like I can see like, yes, you know, you want to be healthy for yourself, meaning you want to take care of like your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's great. But you have to remember that it's not going to look the way, same way I do it. And it's going to look completely different for you. Like you may have a completely different sleep schedule, a completely different job. You may have a different preferred workout routine. Like it's going to look completely different. So just because I'm saying this doesn't mean that like that's what you're doing. But I honestly, like I just know the impact that my like physical health has on my mental health. And what I mean by that is, especially when it's like a busy time at work, it's busy season and really anytime I cannot one fall asleep if I don't have some sort of movement during the day because I'm too restless when I lay in bed at night because I've been at a desk all day. You know what I mean? Like I've been sedentary all day long and then I'm supposed to just go lay down and sleep for eight hours. My mind and my body is just like way too restless to do that. So it's important for me to do it to get good sleep. So knowing that like I will literally tell myself during the day, I'm like, okay, if I want to sleep good tonight, I need to just like do something. And that doesn't mean going and doing a hardcore workout class. That could mean literally just taking my dog on an extra walk or cleaning up the house. Like it can be something as small as that, but like just doing something that moves me around. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. And keeps me from standing in one place or sitting in one place. It's going to help. Um, it could even be like going to the grocery store physically and walking around. Like I don't necessarily mean like moving my body as in like going to a workout class or something. So really just like noticing those times when I'm feeling more restless and listening to that and doing something about it. Um, And the other thing is just making time for it. Like you make time for the things that you care about at the end of the day. And for me personally, like I absolutely have to do it. Like I have to use it as a break, going to workout classes or just taking a break to like go on a walk or something when it's during busy season. And I typically... We'll do it during the evenings as like my pre-night shift kind of break, which I hate saying that because it sounds terrible, but I mean, it's a terrible truth. But I would typically like during busy season, I would get off around like six and then I'd go to like a 6.30 spin class or I would like go on a walk or something and then I would come home, make dinner and I'd usually be back on around like eight and then work until like, you know, sometimes nine, sometimes 10, sometimes 12, whatever. And I just have to take that break or I just physically will not be able to do what I need to do later on that night because it's one just like inhumane to like expect someone to like sit at a computer that long without getting off and I know it's not good for me like mentally because I'll get to a position where I just like crash and burn and have a meltdown so honestly in the back of my mind it's all about like prioritizing um I was actually my fiance and I were talking about this the other day because he's been like 
studying for um, one of the series exams and he was just saying, you know, like how he felt that how just how hard it was, you know, to like work because he has to physically work in person nine to five or eight to five every day. And um, he was saying how hard it is because it's like he wants to be able to work out and he wants to be able to like be social and see friends and he wants to be able to spend time with me and study and work and all of these things, but he just physically can't. And I was like, I totally hear you. And I always have to remind him, you know, it's temporary and like this phase of his life where he's having to study too. I'm like, it's going to come to an end. And this is just like temporary sacrifice. Like you're going to have to like really see where your priorities are at and like see where you can find little efficiencies. So I was telling him, I was like, you know, is there a gym at your work building that you could use where, cause he was saying, cause he hasn't really been working out like he used to. And he was just like, I just don't feel like myself. And I hate not having an outlet for like my mental health and my physical health. And I was telling him, I was like, well, is there a, could you like go on a run like in your area? Cause he works in like a nicer area. So it was like, could you go on a run during that time or, or your lunch break? Um, could you, is there a gym like in your work building that you could use? Like you have to find little ways to make things more efficient in order to prioritize having that healthy lifestyle, meaning the physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Um, and it's going to look like finding those efficiencies because you're like, obviously nobody has time during the day to like study, drive to and from a gym, work out at the gym, and then be in person at work every day. If you worked at home, it'd be probably a different story. But since he doesn't, it's a lot harder. So I was like trying to help him brainstorm and I was like, is there a gym close by your work or is there a gym at your work that you could like utilize on your lunch break since that would cut out a lot of commuting time and you could at least just get 30 minutes of something in so you feel a lot better when you're studying in the evening. And we were kind of just brainstorming together about that, about what he could do. But truly, I think that it all boils down to, um, you know, wanting the best for yourself and doing the thing, taking time to do those things and prioritize the things that ultimately you know, make you feel best. And I'm definitely like a feeling based person. So it's like, if something makes me feel like crap, I am not the best about not doing it. But it's like, if I know something makes me feel good, I will chase that. So um, I don't know, that's kind of like my take on it, I guess. The next question is actually really interesting. And it says, what made you never go the pre-med route since you always talk about being into STEM in high school? Um, I just wanted to answer this because I just think it'll be an interesting little insight into me and how I got here. (laughs) Um, But okay, so we actually had a pre-med program in high school. And I was that girl that like took like all AP, all DE classes, like junior, senior year. Um, I took four AP, four of my seven periods were like AP dual enrolled or whatever my sophomore year. And we had this guy come in because, like, typically the way it was is if you were, like, taking AP and D classes at my high school, in 10th grade, you would take DE biology through, like, the local state college. Um, And the teacher for that ended up leaving right before I was a sophomore. So my sophomore year, this new guy comes in. He's still at school now. Um, I almost called him a professor. This teacher comes in, and he they're like, okay, we're doing AP biology. And a lot of us are like really bummed because we're like, we don't want to take an AP class in science because like, no. Um, And also because none of us, the way our curriculum was, none of us had ever taken like human biology before because we took physical science in ninth grade. And then we took like earth science, I think in sixth grade. And then like seventh and eighth was like physical 
or environmental. I don't really know, but I, I don't know. We never really had like biology. Like, so going straight into AP biology was just like, it's like a lot with having no prior biology experience. And, um, so he comes in and he's like, okay, we're, you know, doing AP biology. It's his first time teaching it. It's his, it's first time the school's doing it. And it was honestly like, it, we were guinea pigs, literally. Like, I, I remember specifically, like, at the beginning of the year, we, like, got our textbooks, and he was like, we're not going to do, like, any of these chapters. And then, like, a lot of those chapters ended up being on the AP exam, so that was fun. Um, but honestly, like, I'm not mad about it. Like, I didn't pass the AP exam. I think I got, like, a two on it. I remember, like, I accidentally, like, skipped a portion of the exam. Like, it was just chaos. <laughs> and um, I don't blame the teacher for it because... I think he was like thrown into the role last minute and teachers have so much on their plate. So like, I totally do not blame him for it. And he was just figuring things out, but he actually ended up starting a pre-med program that is actually like doing really well at the school now, like where you get exposure to like the local hospitals and you get to do like the little internships or senior year through them and that kind of thing. Um, and I actually like, I had told myself like when I was a sophomore in high school, I like was telling myself like I'm going to you know go to school and do something in like physical therapy or in pre-med but I was just telling myself that that because that's what everyone around me was doing and that's what like the adults at that age like applaud the most they're like oh that's so good you know what I mean like it's that kind of thing and that's just kind of like what's pushed on you and I never even like thought about doing engineering um, just because none, the only, like looking back now, if I don't think Alabama has civil engineering, but if they would have had civil engineering, I probably would have done that. Um, but none of the other like fields of engineering, like appealed to me at all. But anyways, pre-med, um, I watched like all, I was obsessed with Grey's Anatomy in high school, specifically like my sophomore year. And I really like tried to romanticize this AP biology little era. And I, I mean, I studied so hard for it, but it, it was way over my head, honestly, at the time. So much of what I learned in high school was like over my head. And the only thing that ever like made sense was math. And um, sometimes like English and literature, like I did really like my English and literature classes when I like put a lot of effort into them but like science was something that always just felt like my brain wasn't in at like a level where it could actually comprehend what I was learning like if I were to learn it now it would probably make so much more sense and I would like really be able to understand it and apply it well but that was just never the case for me when I was in high school well then like we started then we had chemistry and I took dual enrolled chemistry and had a really really tough teacher and I remember I like our very first test was like literally on like unit conversions I think and I literally got like a 57 on it and I was like what is wrong with me and I was like this is my this is where I like lose everything because I was like at the time I was like first in my class and I was like I'm gonna lose like everything I have going for me I'm not gonna get into college I was being like really dramatic and I just, we did like so many labs in DE chemistry and I hated labs, like lab reports and doing labs was the bane of my existence. I was like, just let me learn a math lesson and take a math test and be done. Like I hated labs, the whole application, keeping a journal, that whole process of it. And then later on in DE chemistry, when we started learning stoichiometry, I actually really loved it. And I did so well in it. And I remember I got like over 100 on my test and my teacher literally like came up to me and she was like, I just don't understand how you got over 100 on this test, but failed your like basic 
like unit conversion, metric conversion, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, test. And sometimes that's just the way my brain works. The more complicated things make more sense and the easy things I just can't grasp. Um, And that's just how it is. But I basically, like, honestly, I think that labs is like what kind of like steered me away from it. But I kept like telling myself like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And then the time came to like apply to schools. And I genuinely, like when I actually had to put something down that I was going to study, when that's when the realization hit me, when I was like scrolling through the list of like what school I was applying to or whatever within, or what college, wait, what school I was applying to within the college. And I would scroll through the list of like the majors to select. I like couldn't ever get myself to select like pre-med or biology or chemistry or anything like that because the thought of doing like only that kind of stuff made me sick to my stomach. So I ended up putting psychology on like, I think most of my applications. And then I was like, okay, whatever school I end up going to, I'll just change majors when I get there and at orientation, which is basically what I did. Um, So then the big kicker that like really steered me off of it Um, Because it was kind of like a progression thing. It wasn't like a one moment, I'm done, I'm out of this thing. But there was something else that happened that like really solidified, like this is not something I'm even going to try. Because at this point, I knew science wasn't my strong suit. I knew I didn't enjoy it. Like if I didn't enjoy it in the slightest in high school, there was no way I could like study it in college type of thing. Um, But I pretty much ended up doing like a little internship in because we had like that I think a lot of high schools do it where you have like a little internship period and a lot of people would use it and just say like they were doing it at their parents' work or whatever and then they would just use it as a free period to do whatever they want or leave school early, whatever. Um, So I had that internship period my senior year and I was like, I'm gonna go like volunteer at one of the local hospitals because that's gonna look really good on my resume for, you know, going into school and like being in school and everything in college. Um, No. I went to my first day. I feel like I might have told this story before, maybe on YouTube, but I went to my first day and I wasn't even doing anything like substantial. I was literally just like restocking like a lot of like the like little like the gloves in the rooms and like basically restocking supplies in all like the rooms on like one of the um, peds floors, I think. And I, when I like walked in to a room and one of the girls like, there was just like a little girl in the room and she was sick and it like just broke my heart and I couldn't I don't know I got like really overwhelmed and I almost passed out not like in the room but like I walked out and I just like started feeling like really overwhelmed and like the smell of the hospital and stuff and I don't know I think that honestly I almost passed out because I just hadn't ate enough that day but I think that I was really like stressed too and just the environment in general just like wasn't doing sitting well with me and I am I like really internalize like everything and other people's feelings and feeling so like I don't know just seeing someone struggling and it it just made me really uncomfortable and I, I still to this day like I feel really sick when I go in like hospitals like I just get nauseous instantly almost Um, even if it's just like my, like if I'm going to like a doctor appointment, like I just, I don't do well in those settings and that's just me. Um, so that like really solidified it for me. So I I had that one day and I felt so anxious when I thought about going back. Um, cause like they had to like sit me down and like give me like a Coke and crackers or something because I was like, I I think I'm about to fall over and I'm like, okay, the last thing they need is this person that's supposed to be helping them. They have to take care of her. Like literally what? And so I ended up emailing them and being like, I'm so sorry. Like, I really appreciate you all, like, 
allowing me to come visit and like be a volunteer but ultimately like i just don't think this is gonna work out for me and really it was just like an anxiety thing i think and at the time i didn't like want to call it that and i didn't know what it was but i just think the environment just didn't really make me feel well and it still doesn't to this day so there's my very long explanation for that but that was my life um that's kind of how i got where i am today so the next thing is how do you cope with anxiety are you anti-weed I'm not anti-weed. I have never smoked before or consumed any substance of that genre. Um, I am personally the type of person that's like, I feel like I would just be my natural. I'm in an already in a natural like fight or flight state. And my anxiety is like usually like, I, I feel like I just am very high functioning. And I that's how I cope with it is by doing more things. And I'm like, the last thing I need is something that's going to like, that could potentially make me more anxious maybe it would chill me out but it's almost like I just don't want to find out you know what I mean because I can't imagine being more anxious than I already am and I really just don't even want to try that but with that being said my biggest stress reliever is for sure like moving my body and getting endorphins flowing like when I go to f45 and I leave I literally feel like I have new lungs and new life that have been breathed into me like (laughs) it is crazy how much better I feel Um, and that's more so of just like a stress thing, but actual anxiety, I usually will like tend to try to like, like I'll hear my thoughts and then I'll try to like, sometimes I put them in my notes on my phone or sometimes I put them like on paper and I'll try to just like look at them and then just like be like, okay, like what's causing me to think this way and feel this way. And then I try to like really just stop in the moment and force myself to take deep breaths. And that's something I've started doing recently. Um, I thought I lost my ring the other day and I nearly had a panic attack in the park in the Target parking lot. Actually, no, I, I literally did have a panic attack. I was like hyperventilating, like couldn't breathe straight. I was freaking out. And it was literally just in the corner of my pocket and I couldn't feel it when I initially stuck my hand in. But it's like when you stick your hand in and you don't initially feel it, you, you immediately pull your hand right back out and you're like freaking out. Um, and I literally have to stop myself in that moment and just be like, okay, stop. Like, let's take like five really deep breaths and just like slow down. Cause that just like really helps me to force myself back into the present moment. Cause a lot of my anxiety stems from like things like that happening that are like really scary or it's from like anticipate anticipation of something that's about to happen. Like if I'm really busy at work or something and I get really stressed out, I normally have to just like step away take a couple deep breaths and just like bring myself back to the present moment and that's kind of like the how I cope with like in the moment anxiety um but other than that like I really just try to like talk to my therapist about it and I try to do things that are restful and not productive because if I am doing something productive or if I'm adding more things to my to-do list chances are I am like unhealthily coping with my anxiety and I'm like trying to distract myself because I'm definitely somebody who adds more to my, my plate and like tries to do more the more anxious I am um, because it distracts me and it gives me something to do so I try to force myself to find ways to rest even if it's not like laying on the couch and watching a movie I try to force myself to do something else that's restful like reading a book or going on a walk or forcing myself to do like a little yoga video or something like that like even if it's a more active form of rest it's better than me like adding something else to my to-do list and trying to you know distract myself from the way I'm feeling so that's kind of how I deal with it I guess you could say 
And next we have how do you find your passion when you've been forced to follow a path all your life? I think that my episode from two weeks ago from Thanksgiving week about setting goals when you don't know what to do with your life would be really helpful for expanding on this question. But I ultimately just want to say that you really just need to strip yourself down of all of the like opinions of other people and the expectations of other people and like what other people have told you to do with your life and really just get down like back to the basics and you like that's the bottom line and then from there think about the things you loved as a child think about things that you would love to spend like your day doing or maybe during your job during the day that you think about doing Think about the things that you're passionate about and, well, I guess you don't know what you're passionate about yet, but think about the things that you would do for free. And I don't love that advice all the time because, I mean, honestly, it's like, okay, not everyone is going to like be able to pursue their passion and that be their career. And that's not what everyone wants either. Like some people just want to be able, want their passion to just be a hobby. And maybe that's another question you can ask yourself is, me finding my passion like what's my goal out of doing that is my goal to find that passion and then find a career that aligns with it or build a career off of it or am I wanting to just find my passion just so I can have something to like invest myself in during my free time as a hobby because depending on which of those you want to do you're going to have like a very different like application once you find out what your passion is because the people who are wanting to build it into a career I mean you're like really milking it and taking it all the way. Whereas if you just want to do it as a hobby, that's something that is a lot more like simple and um, it's not going to be as complex, obviously. So I think that ultimately it's, you know, really trying to at your core figure it out. Like, what do I value? Like when I envision my dream life, like what would I be spending most of my day doing? And I think that thinking of the things you enjoy doing when you were a kid is really helpful because when you're young, which hopefully, you know, like it's definitely not true across the board because we've all, you know, it's subjective. We've all had different childhoods. We all grew up differently, but hopefully when you were young at some point before, you know, like the world really gets its hands on you, you had your own interests and things that you love doing before other people told you, yes, do more of this and no, don't do that. Um, so, and when I think back, mine, mine like makes sense. I loved playing like teacher. Like I literally loved doing that. And I loved pretending I was a meteorologist, um, in my little toy kitchen, my little Fisher Price kitchen. I knocked the little window out that was over the fake window over the sink. And my brother and I would pretend to be meteorologists in the little window and like say what the weather is. And that's a little fun fact. Um, I don't, I feel like I haven't ever said that, but I love, I'm like very fascinated by the weather and I find it very interesting. Um, when there's like a big hurricane or like in Tuscaloosa when that we would have like the tornado outbreak days I was terrified of them but at the same time I was just like glued to reading about it and watching stuff on it so when I think about my passions and I mean I've told you guys like ideally I'd love to be a college professor that aligns with me loving playing school when I was little and playing teacher and then I wouldn't necessarily want to be a meteorologist, I don't think. I mean, honestly, I probably would. I think that what steers me away from that is like, and why I never even thought about pursuing it was because of the science aspect of it. Because I sat here and told you guys for like 15 minutes how much I hated science and how bad I was at it. So I really didn't like, you know, that aspect of it either. But those were things that I liked as a kid that I am still passionate about now. So hopefully that's helpful advice. And the next question is, what do you think the biggest transition going into marriage will be? 
Um, the actual literal biggest transition is going to be changing my freaking name. I just am really dreading when I have to do that just because it's going to be such a process, but I'm excited for it at the same time. Um, but I think the biggest transition is just going to probably be the holidays, honestly, which that might be like an interesting answer. Um, because I mean, we live together and we've been together for five years now. So, I mean, like we've, you know, we, we've like felt like we're, we're married in the sense of like, oh, we live together and we've been together for so long that we knew the step was coming. We, it was a matter of when type of thing. So I think li- the biggest transition will be the holidays because we have never spent a Christmas together, um, which actually Griffin might be spending Christmas with me and my parents this year, but I don't know for sure yet. Um, he might not be though. So, which totally fine if he isn't, I totally understand like wanting to be with your family. Cause that's how I am. I'm like, I'm going home. Um, but I think that that's going to be the biggest transition because we're not used to that and we're both probably going to want to be with our families and we obviously can't be since, you know, they live in two different States. So I think that's going to be the biggest transition is doing the whole swap off thing. Cause we'll probably just do what my brother and sister-in-law do where they switch off the holidays every year. So like if you go to Thanksgiving for, at the in-laws, then at Christmas, you're at your actual parents and then you switch it the next year. So then you're at your actual parents Thanksgiving and then in-laws for Christmas the next year. So I think that's going to be a really big transition. And honestly, yeah, just like the legality aspects of it will be a really big transition. And, um, I think having like, once we like join our like finances, like officially, like that's going to be like a big deal too. Cause we pretty much split. I always like every single Q and a people ask like how we split finances. And I always just say like, we do most stuff 50, 50. Um, there are like some bills I pay and I just like, don't like ask Griffin to help with them just because I am in a position where I make more than him. So like, I think it's more fair for me to like bear more of the cost of our living. Um, so with that being said, like we do, we're, we don't like nickel and dime each other over like eating out and stuff like that. But as far as like groceries go, we split like 50, 50 and like our, uh, mortgage and everything like that. So, um, I think that actually putting our finances together, that will be a big change because like, we'll be able to like invest in things together and save money together. And I think that it's a lot more powerful having like two versus one doing that. Um, so yeah, that'll be a big change. And the last question I want to answer is, did you ever get anxious about the risk of getting more and more serious of Griffin or with Griffin? And I don't want to say the risk of getting more and more serious because I think it's more of a reward in my head, but I see what you're asking, but I wanted to answer it because honestly, yes, but it wasn't more so of like, is this who I want to be with? It was more of like a, oh my gosh, I'm getting older and I'm almost at the age where like this whole marriage thing happens. And it's more so of like the realization of, holy cow, I'm that old and that's what's happening right now type of thing. So totally normal to like feel that like anxiety of like, holy cow, like this is happening. Like I'm getting old and I'm like, this is the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. But you know, if, if you feel that way and you feel anxious because of the person, then it's probably something you want to look into. But if you feel that way, just because you feel that anxiety of getting more and more serious, just because of the whole aging aspect of things and like getting older and the finance aspect of it, of like having a wedding and everything, I think that's totally normal. So like, don't freak out if you're like feeling anxiety when you think about like getting more serious with someone, as long as that anxiety isn't necessarily tied to the thought of the person. So 
that's what I have to answer that. But thank you all so much for listening to this week's Q&A. I hope you all loved it. And thank you so much for submitting questions. And once again, thank you so much for listening and supporting. I love y'all. And be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's just at In Bloom Podcast. And follow me on Instagram if you want. Follow me on my YouTube channel and um, on TikTok and everything like that. And I will talk to you all next week. And also be sure to join the In Bloom Podcast Facebook group. I think I already said that, but I don't know. Um, But I'll talk to y'all next week.